Hey, welcome everyone to the Tangents and Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, coach, favorite author, and BFF in your head, Tiana Marche, and we are here with another tangent and a few more perspectives. Let's get into it. So today, I want to talk about the difference between, between I don't give a fuck and I don't know how to give a fuck. Because there is a difference. And I think a lot of times we look at societal views of situations that are everyday situations for us, um, just as humans, as citizens, just as people, you know, trying to do the best they can in this world. We we have a lot of different experiences that um, really speak to the deficiencies we, we all experienced in our childhood. And I always specify childhood Number one, because that is, uh, you know, that was where my journey began, like all of us in our childhood. But as far as the things that I, I teach about and I speak on now, um, it's based on those experiences that derived from my childhood. More than that, it's also uh, scientifically because I know that we are, as humans, as individuals, we are the most impressionable between our birth and the age or the our you know stage of birth and seven years of age so between birth and seven years of age is when our minds are the most impressionable meaning that what we see what we're taught what we hear what we experience become the fruit that we bear in our character as we grow beyond the stages of you know a seven-year-old or, or what have you so I always go back to that because a lot of things, and for me, 90% of the things that I experienced between those ages um, were incorrect. And when you don't know any better, you don't know that there's an issue. You don't know that there is something that is incorrect in your thinking. You don't know that there is something incorrect in your behavior. So you continue to be who you've always known yourself to be, who you've always learned to be. Because again, when we see things and we we have influences, again, especially at a very young age, those are the the things that we know. Those are moments where we're being taught and we're being influenced and, uh, and suggested on how we should speak, how we should prepare meals, how we should live, you know, how we should do simple things like washing our clothes. We learn all of those different things from different individuals who influence us during those uh stages in our lives so uh, a lot of times you you just don't know there were a lot of things that I didn't even know um and and they're not matter of fact things so it's not like I always grew up thinking the color black was blue right it would be just different principles life skills and, and tools that I needed or that I had but didn't know how to use or needed and didn't even possess so it all serves a purpose, but there were just some, some things that I didn't know. Uh, a lot of things were structured things. A lot of things, one of my main things were um, or was relationships and what healthy relationships look like. Not just romantic relationships or familial relationships or friendships, just relationships in general. Just the dynamic and how there's balance and how there's ebb and flow and just understanding how to properly participate in in, in in a relationship especially being a mother you know that was by far one of my biggest challenges as a mother and so uh, just speaking to being a mother like I said that was one of the biggest challenges and and most rewarding uh, lessons that I that I'm still learning because I'm still mothering I'm still figuring it out at every stage that my daughter and I uh, progress to so 
one of the things that I know, um, if you guys have read my book, Power, you know, I speak very candidly uh, with respect to my co-parent, but I speak very candidly to our our journey. And I, I, I want to make it clear, number one, before I put the information in in the book, I, he and I had a conversation um, where I basically gave him a forewarning, but also wanted to ensure that I had his blessing. And when I say his family has been very instrumental in spreading my message, supporting my message and my brand, uh, it, it, it's, it's phenomenal. You know, we don't always see eye to eye and, and I'll get into that later, but we are still family. We're still a unit. And, and we know, and we're, as we're, he and I are both growing and evolving and maturing, we both understand that our daughter is of the utmost importance in that it's always about her, you know? And so we have to put our selfish thinking, our selfish behaviors, um, and hurt and things that we didn't choose to resolve. We have to put those things aside to ensure that we are the best influence for how she will parent in, in her adult life if that is a, a role that she chooses to take on to be a parent. So that being said, a lot of times we, you know, we don't, and, and when I use he and I, I'm not saying that to divulge our information. I'm using us as kind of a conduit, but also as an example. So fill yourself into these situations and, and use whatever comes, you know, natural for you to use. But a lot of things didn't happen between he and I because we made a choice to just make things difficult and you know have to go through the different battles or what have you that we did endure the different experiences that we had I think it was a lot of really just not knowing any better right we just don't know better and so uh I know there was a recent incident that I didn't even express to him but that I just wasn't that wasn't really recent it was late last year uh but that I just didn't agree with how he handled things when it came to to our daughter and um I'm so glad I didn't say anything to him because I had a aha moment I never just have a thought in my head and just run off of that thought I always let it marinate uh I always take it to God and make sure that I meditate on it and see it from as many views and angles that I can so that when I do present the, the information or the art that I might have uh, with someone or something that someone did, I can address it and be effective by addressing it in the right headspace uh, from a logical standpoint, as well as with the understanding that I'm just here to find resolve that is not just fitting for me, but resolve for the entire situation where everybody can walk away and feel like they gained something um, as far as the peace of mind and again resolve. So that is how I approach situations. So in that time of me getting to that part and how to do all of that and have that conversation with him, uh, I got a revelation or, you know, I always like to say a download, but I got a download of, I had to stop looking at him as not caring or like I say in my opening of not giving a fuck and I had to look at it from a perspective of he just may not know any better and I'm not saying that he's incompetent um although I you know doubted it a few times I've questioned it (laughs) but uh in all seriousness it's just that first of all he and I are two very different individuals so how he may parent in one situation might be a little different from how I parent again based on how we experience what parenting looked like in our in our individual uh, journeys and, and childhoods so when you're trying to marry the two and 
again, if you read my story, you'll, you know this already, but uh, my daughter's father and I, my co-parent and I, we were not, um, we weren't together when my daughter was born. I think we had uh, split up or broken up when I was about four, between four and five months pregnant. I want to say four months. So there's all that time that she's still baking for five months, right? She's baking. And then here's this human that we've created and we're, we're very young. You know, at the time it didn't feel like we were young, but we were very young and, uh, just looking at that journey and knowing how much we didn't know and how scared we were, but we didn't come out and say, Hey, I don't know this, or I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm scared. We, we, we just, you know, we were very immature in, in how we handled a lot of situations. Also, I think we didn't, we didn't really have a blueprint of this is how, first of all, we were, we started off as a broken unit. So it's one thing when I think about marriages and divorce, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, but there are classes and there's courses and there's counseling that are, are tools that are in place to say, Hey, this is how you do this. Unfortunately, as far as I'm aware of, there aren't really a lot of, uh, there aren't a lot of tools and resources to say, hey, when you're young and in your early 20s and you've never been a parent before and, and you're dealing with life, this is how you effectively co-parent. You know, I, I, I'm sure if he had the tools, we would have, you know, made a lot of different choices in the, in the years to come. And, but I know I didn't have them, right? So when we just didn't know a lot of things, we, we, we fought each other. Um, not physically, but we fought each other, you know, with our strong minds, our strong opinions, our different views of what we wanted, because what, what didn't happen, we never really actually sat down and talked about what our vision would be for, first of all, our life or our lives together. We didn't talk about what our visions were for our daughter and what we wanted her to grow up to be and how we can start setting that, that, uh, foundation for her now. Also, Again, and that's just if even if we were together, but it also wasn't a uh, so you can imagine how it would have been if we, you know, starting off and not being together. And then, and, and, and the crazy thing of it is, is why do I keep repeating my words? The crazy thing about it all is the fact that this isn't an uncommon thing, like especially in the African American community and in the inner city. Uh, for where I stay here in Wisconsin in Milwaukee, there aren't many that, that that's kind of the norm now. There's there marriage is kind of almost unheard of. Uh, you, you have more and more young individuals, young children, young adults trying to play this grown up game and, you know, brag and, uh, and boast about, you know, my baby daddy or my baby mama or my BM and whatever. But and, you know, you guys have these or I see, let me say that correction. Let me say that I see a lot of these lavish baby showers and all this stuff. And if, if you coordinated, let me just sum this all up. If you coordinated how you would co-parent and even in a marriage, you're still a co-parent, even in a relationship, whether your boyfriend and girlfriend or fiance or engaged, whatever, that's, you're still a co-parent. The co-parent isn't just, okay, well, we're no longer together. So now you're the co-parent. That is your only role in my life personally, but you're always the co-parent. You're always co-parenting a child 
in a relationship, whether you are together with the other parent or if you are single, right? So let's get that understood. But if, if we coordinated our co-parenting journeys, the way that we do these baby showers and these baby reveals, we'd have we'd have it all together. We'd have it all together. But my point is we didn't and we still don't. And at least I'm I'm hoping this is the start of that conversation. And I'm committed to putting things in place. Actually, I am putting things in place for 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 this, but we'll get into that later. However, so imagine even though it is the norm, uh, and with it being the norm, obviously there are some disconnects uh, or some disconnect from the lineage, the higher lineage on down to where we see our young adults, our young men and women now having babies, unmarried, not even living in the same household. A lot of situations where there's two and three babies from one man all happening at the same time. So that's extra stress and trauma. Yes, cheating, deceit, um, any betrayal, that's trauma. It, it, it breaks your trust. It's trauma. It's fear. So... We, you know, we brush it off as, oh, he had a side slide or, oh, she had a, you know, a side dude or my other baby mama or all that ratchet mess, all that dysfunctional bullshit. It really, it it just, I lost my thought, (laughs) y'all. That's okay. We're going to keep it going. It's just, you, we we spend so much time on that. There it is. I got my thought back. We spend so much time on that petty you know, small-minded thing that we don't, we forget the big picture, the the future. You know, okay, we've got this little life. I may not care for you on a personal level, but we chose each other as co-parents. No matter what the circumstances were, we made a conscious decision to engage in an act that we knew this, having a child would be a possible result of, of that action. So, Let's face it as adults. And I'm not saying that everyone doesn't do that. Again, I can only speak from my experiences and what I've seen in my own, you know, in my own journey and, and the things that I've seen around me. So if we just, if we had that opportunity to say, listen, I'm working here and this is your work schedule. This is my work schedule. This is how it goes. And I think there's this, this misconception. Again, maybe this has just been my experience, but well, you're over there and I'm over here. So how you maneuver and do things when when he or she's with you, that's all on you. How I have to maneuver and do things over here is all on me. It's like we're no longer a united front. And the, the sad part of it is it burns out both co-parents because you're, you're trying to take on a load as if there is not another individual that is equally as responsible. Then we do this court stuff where we allow someone who had nothing to do with our, our children being here, but we allow outside parties to dictate in the judicial system, right? Um, and our legal system to say, oh, well, you get to have the child this this amount of time and you get to have the child this amount of time and you have to pay this and you have to pay this. Where, say for instance, that those two parents would have still been in a romantic union, it's a no-brainer. Well, look, you, you got to do this this night. I'm home so I can watch the children or I'm out. Or you're, you know, you have something to do. I'm here. Whatever. We, you swap the roles. There's no big debate. Well, in some households, I guess there might be. But again, it's it's less than likely when it's two separate households. Now I understand on the other side of it, it is, it's it's a little bit more difficult because there's two households that have to be managed for this one individual child or this this these children, right? If you have multiple children, um, and yeah, it is easier when things are in one household as one whole unit. It's easier. There's more hands on deck. For, 
fewer projects. Whereas when you have two households, you have double the work schedule. You have double, you know, the responsibilities and, you know, maintenance for the home or jobs that you might have, businesses or side hustles that you might have. So it's a little different. And then this is where it gets tricky also because what what that negates, or not negates, but what that um, alludes to is that there's a lack of resources, right? There's a lack of resources because now you need double the resources for the same amount of children because now there's two different households. And so then there's this, you know, this whole issue with child support and who should pay it and how much they should pay and what it's used for and all of these extra things. Um, again, something I've experienced in my own, my own personal journey of, of parenting, but uh, it, it really is this. If we were together, sure. When I say we, I'm just speaking in general. No, there is no where the 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 husband or the boyfriend is paying for everything, and it, it, it's all I guess based on your unique situation. But what I'm, my point is, there is no court order that says, "Hey, he has to contribute this amount, she has to contribute this amount." Right? You know, so I, I understand that. When it's two different households, of course, it it kind of goes into that. But here's my thing: Why is it that the relationship to co-parent has to become so difficult when that romantic relationship is broken up? Why does that have to be the case? Why can't we be mature enough and adult enough and aware enough to say, you know what? We didn't work as a unit. Um, you're not my favorite person, but you're not the worst person in the world because half of who our child or who half of who our children are are a direct reflection of you and to to shy away from you altogether shies away from half of who those children are and they wouldn't be as remarkable as they are without that other co-parent so try to view them from that lens i know it's easier said than done but trust me it works right so there's that number two you have to look at As far as the financial responsibility, okay, well, instead of one mortgage, now we have two mortgages. Or instead of one, you know, energy bill, we have two. Instead of whatever. Now, as far as the child is concerned, because there's that whole thing, well, you know, you would still have to pay your energy bill or your rent or mortgage or your whatever, whether you had a child or not. And that may very well be the case. However, how much electricity and gas and water that I use is a little different and vice versa. And... You know, it, it's also based on, well, how much time do you have them? So, it, it, so it's a lot of different things. Whereas if we could just really be honest with our individual selves and be accountable and really keep those children or that child in the forefront of everything that we do and make it all logical. But also, as I spoke about in my last uh, episode of legacy, remembering the legacy that you wanted, you're wanting to leave behind. I, I used to have big regrets that... I was not married when I had my my daughter. I had uh, huge regrets about what my co-parenting example would mean for her co-parenting experience. And I can't always say that I was proud. And if I'm even more honest and accountable and mature, I could I would tell you all that. And it, this is really just growing on me in the recent years. So it's not something that I've been. You know, first of all, I've only been a parent for 11 years, okay? So it's not like I've, you know, had 50 years in the game. But for me, 
that's a lot of years. There's, there's a lot of experiences. There's a lot of opportunity for mistakes. And trust me, I took every opportunity that I, that I could, right? So a lot transpired. And a lot, I learned a lot. And I, I forgave a lot. I was forgiven for a lot. At least I hope I was. I'm sure that I was. Um, I, you know, I, none of us are perfect. And, and when you... When you understand that it's just it's when you understand that I don't behave this way or that person don't be they don't behave that way because that's just who they are well it may be that they're that's who they are but why is that who they are is it because they had the best example and they just made a conscious choice to say no I'm just gonna be selfish or is it that they're just mirroring what they saw and I'm in no way alluding to um you know, my parents or my co-parents' parents either way and that they weren't, you know, proper examples. What I am saying is I can see a lot of, um, in, in many situations, right? You, you can look at these so-called celebrities. I don't believe anybody's a celebrity. I believe that we're just all humans in different uh, tax brackets. That's it. That's the only separation. The only separation. Um, hell, that's evident. It's tax time. You can You can see that for what it is. Um, here in the local city or your local city because tax time is happening everywhere but anyhow back to the point um you know we we just we don't know you know we we don't know and we pass down what we know and even if we saw something right because it doesn't just mean that we perceive things the way that they were intended for us to perceive so I want to get that clear too um you know there were things that I saw I'll give a, a really funny example. Um, still dealing with parenting, but a little off topic. This is another tangent, y'all, right? So uh, here you go, and you're welcome. But a, a couple months back, my mom and I were having a come to Jesus moment. Uh, and we, you know, we were talking, and I said, Well, you know, mom, there was, um, you know, my, I have, I have four, or excuse me, three siblings. Uh, well, four. I have um, one deceased sibling. I have two younger brothers that are my mom from my mom, and then I have another brother on my dad's side, right? So there's that. But anyhow, on my mom's side, my younger brother um, and I were, we always had a, a, a different connection. And I think it's because uh, he, I, I got to be there in his life. Like, from the time my mom was pregnant with him until he was born. So, it was like, oh, this was my first experience of, of becoming a big sister that I was aware of and that I was around for. Whereas my brother, uh, my older brother, how does that go? I'm the oldest, but he's the oldest brother that I, he's the middle boy. Okay, there we go. <laughs> but anyhow, when, because um, those of, like I said, those of you who have been following me for quite some time, you know that I was, um, from between two and, and seven, I was actually in foster care. So that, you know, that time I wasn't living with my mom. So when I did go back with her at the age of seven, my mom was already pregnant or excuse me, well, she was pregnant with my baby brother, but my middle brother, he was already around, running around with his big head itself. So I was seven, he was two. And so I knew, you know, he, I knew he was family. I knew he was my brother, but it was still, I, I just wasn't there for that experience. That was two years that I didn't know that there was a little baby that I could help take care of. Right. So there's that. But anyhow, um, so I, I, and then of course, 
you know, my deceased brother, who was also from my mom. So just to kind of give a little backstory of that. So naturally, because my mother had lost a son previously, and I think her and my, because the brother that I'm referring to, uh, my middle brother, he was the child that my mom had after my brother deceased, So it was, or my brother was deceased. So it was me, my deceased brother, uh, my middle brother, and then the baby brother. So my middle brother came after the deceased brother. So a lot, there was a lot of, you know, thinking that my mom favored him or, or at least my, my interpretation, my understanding was that, oh, she favors him and he gets away with everything or every time they go somewhere, I, we, we didn't have a car. So a lot of times my mom, you know, would walk to the corner store. I grew up on 22nd and Center, so that's not an uncommon thing over there, okay? But anyhow, you know, if my mom would walk to the corner store, um, which was literally right across the street from our house. Um, you know, she would more often take my middle brother and me and my baby brother would want to go. So, you know, we have our little huddle sessions while they would be gone and, you know, wonder why we were left behind and why we rejected and, or, you know, why we weren't enough. That whole emotional, um, you know, extraness, right? But it, those were valid feelings. Those were valid thoughts and interpretations. And those were, that was our experience. So that's what we, we grew up thinking and feeling and believing. So anyway, this story is getting long. Let me get to the point. So anyhow, recently, you know, I was telling my mom, like, yeah, you, you know, me and, me and James, who was my baby brother, we always thought that you, that Danielle was your favorite, which is my middle brother. I'm just telling y'all names, but, um, and she looked at me and she just busted out laughing and she's like, no, I always took him because he was bad. So I knew, you know, if, if, if I left the three of you guys by yourselves, I knew I was going to have to come home and, and, you know, wreck shop because I knew he was going to be cutting up. So it was best that he, it was a, a less dangerous situation for everyone involved if I just took him, you know, and we laughed about it. And I don't know if my mom is running game. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to do a check in with James and see. But, uh, <laughs> it, you know, we we laughed at that. But again, the, to, to make the point all connected, we just because we see something. Uh, remember, I talked about our impressionable uh, minds between birth and the age of seven. Right. How impressionable we are at that age or during those uh, time frames, it is not uncommon that just because we saw something a certain way, that that was the way it was intended to be illustrated to us, or it didn't quite make the point that it was intending to make, right? So it's all about perspective. So again, when I talk about what's passed down, I'm not saying that everything was intentionally passed down. It was just passed down. So, you know, there's that. Ain't calling nobody out. Anyhow, so... We don't, you know, again, we don't always have, we never have the manual. We never have the answers. And very, um, more often than not, rather, we don't have the, the answers and we lead to dysfunction, which I really think a lot of that, first of all, is, is we got to get better at the dysfunction in our community. But also, I think a lot of it is really divine planning because when you don't have challenges and when you don't have to figure things out and when you don't have tests, you don't, you don't grow. You don't unleash and unlock tools and parts of yourself that make you or that allow you and afford you to be able to make better, uh, more conscious, more um, effective and efficient and more righteous choices. And when I say righteous, I don't mean holier than thou. I mean in right standing, 
in right standing with the divine, which is God, which I believe is love. So if it's not from a space of love, then it's from a space of fear. And sometimes fear shows up as malicious acts. It shows up as anger. It shows up as bitterness. It shows up as court orders. It shows up as, you know, using children as pawns. It shows up as, you know, insecure, insignificant, no, oop, that was shade. Not even trying to be shady, but it 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 looks like, um, you know, insecure or insecure significant others. That's what I'm trying to say. I am not trying to say insecure insignificant others, and not at all. I'm trying to say, as I'm getting tongue tied, significant or insecure. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm trying to say. I just it ain't working. So anyway, it you know that's what fear looks like it shows up in many different forms but at the end of the day the root is fear and it's fear because there's a lack of some type of understanding there's a lack of some type of trust and belief in something that says that hey we're still a united front hey we're still team kids or you know we're, we're still co-parents and and we're you know we're gonna have uncomfortable moments we're gonna have uncomfortable conversations like recently um my daughter expressed that she wanted to uh, start, well, you know, she goes to church with her dad and she, I picked her up recently and she was expressing how, you know, she really loved the church and how that particular Sunday she just had, like, she, I, and I know exactly the moment she was having because when I was around her age, I had that same spiritual breakthrough. And one thing I'm already teaching her and instilling in her you know, spiritual principles and things that I'm learning, like manifestation and law of attraction and, you know, meditation and connecting with source. So I'm teaching her those things and I have been for a few years now, but, uh, being able to, as I back up a little bit and go off on a tiny tangent, you, as you, again, for those of you who, who have followed my journey for quite some time, I grew up in church, you know, I, I've had experiences, wonderful, amazing experiences in church, uh, a lot of personal and spiritual growth and development stemming from my experiences in church. So I I had that experience. Um, And then I also had a breakaway from religion. And I I wouldn't change any of that because it really, and I'm going to do a podcast on that because that's a really, really, I think that'll be a really, really good one um, to give that breakdown just again from my perspective and uh, my experiences. But I had, I, I basically walked away from religion and everything that seem to be of religiosity right like church and you know organized religion and all that stuff and I just went on a journey of seeking God and that was exactly where and I also had a conversation of clarity before just going out there so I know that I was in right standing with God and again when I have that podcast you'll you'll be able to see how it all unfolds um and see what I mean but um I just wanted to know God intimately without all the charades and all the extras and all the titles and all of this. Because a lot of people want to do, uh, want to have the title of things, but they don't want to do the work. And I was at a space where I wanted to do the work. I didn't want a title for anything. And so getting to that place of, okay, God, show me who you are. Reintroduce me to you. Reconnect me to, to you. And in doing so, I was reintroduced and reconnected to me. So now... When I do enter into a uh, a church service or when I am reading the Bible or, or the Quran or whatever I choose to read uh, to get my spiritual development enhanced, I can read it with a, a much deeper level of understanding. Understanding like it's like reading it all for the first time 
because I have a completely different mind. I have a renewed mind. I have a changed mind. And I'm still renewing and, and changing my mind day by day, minute by minute, and moment by moment. That's my favorite thing to say. But um, because it, it, it's as I'm growing and evolving, I'm unleashing different uh, depths or realms of myself, which are elevating up, right? And so my understanding is also doing the same thing. So that's where I am. So anyhow, back to the point of my daughter and church. So I'm in that space of, you know, I'm going to start visiting churches again and, you know, just taking my time. And I think for me, church before was once I was in an arranged relationship, meaning I just joined the church that I knew everybody went to in my family because that was our family church. So I was like, duh, it's a no brainer. And then I ventured off into do my own thing. And I didn't really know how to venture off and do my own thing. So it's kind of like using the analogy of, like I said, the relationship. So now, okay, I'm an adult. I'm on my own. I'm just going to be who with, with, or excuse me, be with who I want to be, or I'm going to go be at whatever church I want to be at. But I really didn't understand exactly what I needed to look for um, because I didn't know what God wanted me to get out of church or what have you. And just, again, not even going for the show and the charades, but it's just um, it's just like going to a, a business meeting. You know, if you're in, like, if some of you have ever done um, multi-level marketing or network marketing, you know, you have your weekly meetings where you're with like minded people and you guys are learning or you're sharing your testimonies and you're learning different tools and techniques uh, that you can implement in the week to come until you meet again and you get uh, replenished. So really that's what I know God is saying for me that church is for. And I just had a different experience. I had several different experiences with that. Um, and again, just being very, very immature in God and in, a, in my spiritual walk that I didn't understand a lot of things. And so, um, and I know the power I possessed back then. So if I was off, I just, I know where God is pulling me to. And again, I'm not, we'll, we'll stay, I'll keep you all tuned for that. But anyhow, so seeing my daughter come into that space and I'm like, well, I don't really have a church home. And I know she's here at least twice a month because she's with her dad uh, every other weekend. And so I'm like, well, if that's something that we can do on the time that I don't have her and that he may not be available. And if this is really what she wants to worship and get the word, then I'm willing to support her. And I know like currently my daughter's, uh, my co-parent has a significant other. Um, so just making sure that it's a comfortable environment for everybody and that it's not a situation where, you know, there's any question of what my intentions might be for coming to the church because I, I have family. I have my own family and friends that are there and it just so happens that I have an extended part of my family, which is my co-parent. Um, so if we can all do that under one umbrella with the focus of being God first and foremost, but then just being that example for my daughter, again, leaving that legacy, being that example to say, number one, we can all worship as a family. You can still go off and do your thing, co-parent. I'm going to go over here and do my thing. We have a mutual respect for one another. Um, again, with our child being the nucleus of it all, and we're here for the word. We're not here for nothing extra, nothing on the outside, nothing of that sort. We're here to, for the word, and we're here to support her and making sure that she has a strong, solid foundation in her spiritual walk as it's becoming more and more awakened as she matures and gets older. Um, so being back to the difficult conversations, I, I knew um, that I didn't need his permission to go anywhere, but I wanted to consider 
what my actions begin because remember everything is about perspective and knowing that our journey hasn't been the most uh consistently um mature (laughs) i wanted to ensure that my being there wouldn't be offensive or that it would uh not create any issues in in his you know for him or for me for that matter so just making sure that it was a, a welcome situation and so he was in full support of it and um so i haven't you know visited as of yet i i, I would i am planning to very soon but um it's just being able to because i can tell you as recent as last year that would have been a no-go like girl we, jesus is everywhere and we're just gonna go wherever we want to go okay but understanding that as a parent you have to um put self aside and it may not be what you grew up seeing, but it doesn't mean that it's not something that's possible or something that's necessary. And for me, I'm not looking at, you know, okay, well, I'm going to go to church this day. And I'm not looking at that. I'm looking at when my daughter is a parent, whether she's with her co-parent or not, I want her to see a healthy uh, interaction. And I, my prayer is that she would trust her and um, her father and I's example and value it enough to want to to reciprocate or at least take the parts that best suits her in her situation um, so that she can continue to pass down functioning uh, familial structure and correspondence and communication and relationship and trust and um, overall love so I wanted to share that with you Uh, again it's been a fun week it's been a fun tangent and a few perspectives with you on today uh as always you are welcome to follow me i am on youtube instagram and facebook you can um follow me also i know you're here probably on anchor for those of you who are part of the apple family hey hey you can definitely find tangents and perspectives with tiana marche on apple itunes i'm there make sure you like follow share subscribe comment also if you are not subscribed to my newsletter please go to www.tmjempowers.com scroll to the bottom of the link or excuse me the bottom of the home page and click the button join my list and i would be more than happy to welcome you with open arms and make sure that you're getting all the exclusives do keep in mind that i don't post everything on social media so you want to make sure that you're following um and that you're you're staying tuned or staying tuned in and getting all the uh updates that are in the the uh the good stuff when I'm giving away freebies, when I'm hosting events locally or in your area. Um, and I want you to get, be the first to, uh, to get that information. So I always share that information first in my emails. So make sure you subscribe there as well. Again, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, again, please like, share, subscribe, send me your feedback. You can also email me at www. That's my website. You can, you can email me at, um, or you can also contact me there at my website, but you can also email me at tmjmediallc at gmail.com. If you have any questions uh, that you'd like me to address in our upcoming Q&A, which is in my private Facebook group, uh, I'll tell you more about that when you subscribe to my mailing list, but um, where I do my weekly uh, Q&A. I don't know if it'll be weekly. I don't want to commit to that right now. We'll just say Q&A, our sporadic Q&As. Um, so send me questions so I can answer your questions. I'll answer them live. Um, then that way we can have an interactive chat. Also, I will be, um, 
I'm accepting subjects, topics that you would like me to discuss. If there's a situation that you're dealing with and you don't necessarily uh, have the answer and you don't really want to go through the coaching, maybe let's talk about it in the podcast. So shoot me your ideas. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. Let me know your thoughts about it. Um, Give me some feedback, good or indifferent, good, bad or indifferent rather. I'd love to hear it all. Thank you again. I appreciate you all. And you guys have an amazing day.